Who do you want to be as a leader? What are the blind spots you're missing? If you had a magic wand and you could change anything about your workplace, what would you do with it? These are the kinds of questions we explore on Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt. I'm a keynote speaker, emotional intelligence coach, and leadership trainer who partners with executives and emerging leaders who want to achieve extraordinary results for themselves and their organizations. You're in the right place if you're ready to cultivate the self-awareness to be the leader you were born to be. Let's go on this journey together. Welcome to Inspirational Leadership. I'm your host, Kristen Harcourt, and today is going to be another solo episode of Inspirational Leadership. I love doing these for you and have gotten a lot of wonderful feedback. It's nice to sometimes have the chunks, the shorter episodes that aren't quite as long where you can get hopefully quite a bit of wisdom from me in a short period of time. And today's topic is I wanted to talk to you more about why I stopped drinking alcohol. This is something where a lot of people are intrigued, whether this be my friends or colleagues. And back in March 2021 is when I stopped drinking alcohol. So it has been over two years now, two years and three months. And I'm loving it and I don't miss it at all. But people are always very intrigued and curious around, you know, what made me go on this journey in the first place? And also, you know, what are the benefits? What have I learned from it? So I thought today would be a great episode to share this. And while you might not hear this episode and think you also want to stop drinking alcohol, what it might do for you is reflect a little bit more on some of those unhealthy habits that you might have in your life and what it might look like to change those. Because one of the things I'm going to talk about today is how at times I was using alcohol to numb. And instead of feeling my feelings and getting curious about what was there, it was much easier to just not have to deal with it at all and move into pleasure through alcohol. And, you know, how might you be doing that in your life? Are there things that you are doing that are habits that aren't necessarily as healthy or as effective that you're using as crutches in order to numb what you're experiencing? When you start to think about numbing, numbing can happen through shopping and and online shopping therapy. It can happen through staying really busy at work and overworking. It can happen through drugs and alcohol. It can happen through, um, you know, lots of forms of distractions and some are not as easy to spot as others. So in March, 2021, that's when I decided I was going to take a break from alcohol and the catalyst was, I was thinking, you know, I, I can, I can tell there's times that I'm drinking alcohol and I don't necessarily think it's being used in the healthiest way. And I was in a bookstore, I was in Indigo and I saw a book and it really got my attention. And the book was called the sober curious reset, change the way you drink in 100 days or less. And it was by Ruby Warrington. And I was just really intrigued and I thought, okay, what's the worst that can happen? If I were to just say, I'm not going to drink for a hundred days, 
So several times previously, I had done some of these challenges where it might be dry January, or I think there was something that was even a challenge for a nonprofit, whether it was no drinking for a month. And I had done a lot of those. And so not drinking for 30 days didn't really feel that challenging, but something about a hundred days felt like it would be a longer time away from alcohol, which would give me more of an opportunity to reflect, to ask questions. And also to be quite honest, when we start to think about alcohol and how it has an addictive nature, it's a long enough time away from alcohol and where there might be some addiction that I might start to build new habits around it. So I saw her book. It just felt like it made a lot of sense that hundred days is something I could work with. And the other thing I really loved with it, it was every day for a hundred days, there was a journal prompt and questions that you were asking yourself and thinking about. So it wasn't just, okay, here's a book. You're going to go do no alcohol for a hundred days, but it was very intentional around a process you were going through, which really involved you asking yourself deeper questions and reflecting on what your relationship with alcohol might look like. And I wasn't making any commitments. I wasn't saying, okay, so it's, you know, this is a jump off for the hundred days and I'm committing to no alcohol for the rest of my life. As the title said, the sober curious, I was just getting curious around my relationship with alcohol and not making any commitments. And as it turned out, when I got the end of those hundred days, I realized that Actually, there were a lot of different ways that I was using alcohol that didn't feel as effective for me anymore. And I, I stopped. And as you can see, after those hundred days, I, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it's now been over two years and I don't miss it at all. So her book was really, really effective and helpful for me to start to get curious and ask myself different questions. And then while I was doing this challenge, I got really interested in listening to podcasts and looking at other books as well that were really, really effective for me. So I want to share those with you as well, in case you're at all curious around your relationship with alcohol and interested in maybe going on this journey as well. A book that I read that was really resonated with me was called This Naked Mind, Control uh, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness and Change Your Life. Uh, and this one is by Annie Grace. What I really liked about this one is it explained the science behind alcohol. And we just don't realize that alcohol is more addictive than cocaine, more addictive than sugar. Or I think with that, it talks about the connection to sugar as well, but it just gives all the science to understand what is going into going on in your mind. And I'm someone who just really likes to understand what's happening. And so I found that one really effective. And then I also really enjoyed a book called Quit Like a Woman, The Radical Choice to Not Drink in a Culture Obsessed with Alcohol. And that one's by Holly Whitaker. Her book, I really, really resonated. And especially if you're a woman, there were different ways that she approached, approached it and questions that she asked you and, and asked as a society around the whole culture of alcohol. And I really when you're in it, you don't recognize how present it is. And I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit about that later on when I get into some of the, the, uh, the wins and, and what I actually accomplished and all of the benefits that came when I um, stopped drinking alcohol and, and had that new relationship. Uh, but it was really interesting through looking at Holly's and reading Holly's book, 
so much of the conditioning that was there, that's been there that I wasn't really aware of. And to be able to have that conscious awareness helped me to make more conscious choices so that it really felt at the end of my 100 day challenge, I was making a very conscious choice that I didn't actually want alcohol in my life anymore. So just wanted to share those, those um, books that I thought were really great resources. Also, after I read Ruby's book, I realized that she had a podcast as well, which is called the Sober Curious Podcast. And that's great. She has a lot of uh, interviews with different people uh, along the journey, um, sharing their experience around with alcohol and relationship with alcohol. Again, some of you listening to this, this is not what you're interested in doing and you're not necessarily wanting to stop drinking alcohol, but it could be something else in your life and recognizing the benefits that might happen when you start to create shifts. So what have been some of the benefits? So I, you know, made this decision that I was going to be curious and just see what, what was different when I wasn't drinking alcohol. And I'm happy to report the benefits just keep on, keep on coming. They are, they are uh, never ending. And so the first thing is I have not experienced a hangover in over two years, which I'm not the same person anymore as I would have been in my twenties and thirties, where there might've been a lot of partying and going out to bars and things like that. So it's not like a hangover was something that happened all the time. But I can still note sometimes after I became a parent where I did go out for celebrations, you know, someone's 40th birthday, 50th birthday, some sort of milestone where there is a lot of drinking and I would wake up the next morning and I would have a terrible hangover and I would just feel like this is not in alignment for me. It didn't feel in self-integrity because I didn't want to waste this precious life uh, any time by feeling a hangover and wasting a whole day, you know, going out on Saturday night and losing my Sunday where I can be having quality time with my family or just quality time with myself and doing things that are important to me. It just really felt out of alignment when I would have a hangover. So that no longer exists in my world. Now that I'm not drinking alcohol, there's no such thing as a hangover. And I got to tell you, that is awesome. Another thing that happened that I never thought was going to be impossible, and this might seem like a small thing, but in my world was a big thing because it was a habit I was always trying to build. And that was the habit of being able to floss. I really wanted to build a consistent practice that every day I was flossing my teeth. I had gotten so many lectures and, and invitations from dental hygienists and my dentists and, and also them explaining the power and what we need to be worried about and aware of with our teeth is not just brushing our teeth, but really being able to floss regularly can have a huge impact on our teeth and what happens to your, your teeth in the future. And so I really wanted to build that habit. As soon as I stopped drinking, it just um, it just made it really easy. And I started to build this habit every night before I went to bed, I would brush my teeth and floss my teeth. And that has been a consistent practice that I do every day. And this has been over two years now, every day before I go to bed, I floss my teeth. And that's making me think as I share that some of you might be even asking, well, what was your relationship with alcohol before? So I would definitely say that I was a moderate drinker and that might look like in a week, I would have probably a bottle of wine. So that might look like a one and a half glasses, two glasses of wine, two or three nights a week. 
Uh, some weeks that might be also I'm having wine in the evenings, but then I'm also going out to an event, going out for a dinner where I might have a couple of glasses. If I'm not driving, if I'm driving, I'm having one glass of wine. But if I'm not driving and somebody else is the designated driver, I might be having two glasses of wine. If it was an event, especially in my neighborhood, we sometimes have celebrations and for different people's kids parties or adults celebrating milestone birthdays then I'm just walking home to my house in my neighborhood. Sometimes that would be as much as maybe four glasses of wine or having coolers and things like that. So definitely would describe myself as a moderate drinker. The only time it might not be as moderate would be when I'm going to events and then I might be drinking more. Sometimes what I would consider, like I would wake up the next morning with a hangover. So just wanted to put it out there in terms of what my relationship with alcohol looked like in 2021, before I stopped drinking at this point in my life, if I were to talk about the twenties and thirties, I definitely think there were times where there was binge drinking happening in my twenties, uh, for sure in university and as well, just not really wanting to settle down yet and definitely binge drinking behavior, but that has not happened since my twenties. So back to the flossing the teeth. So that felt really good to be able to build a habit that mattered to me to be able to floss my teeth every day. I was able to build that habit and I've been trying forever. And as soon as I stopped drinking alcohol, where I can start to make the connection is, you know, in the evening, you'd have that glass of wine and then it made you feel more relaxed. And yeah, I would brush my teeth, but something about it, I just didn't, I didn't feel that same desire or commitment to do the flossing. So that was huge for me. I also found once I was no longer drinking, it might made it a lot easier for me to have a consistent exercise practice that had been something I was trying to build forever. And I would get into it and then get out of it and get into it and then get out of it. I'm always still active in terms of being outside walking and all of that kind of stuff. But I always really wanted to get into a practice where I was working out three to four times a week. And I found once I was no longer drinking alcohol, that became very easy and, and something that I wanted to commit to and really mattered to me. So, um, during the pandemic, what that looked like is I actually joined a kickboxing studio. So I was working out three to four times a week, first thing in the morning, which was amazing. I was working out at you know, 6 30, 7 AM, get those endorphins going. And it just felt like such a wonderful day to way to start my day. Um, as we've shifted out of the pandemic, I've gone back to the gym, but what's again, beautiful is now the workouts are happening with my daughter. So this has become connection time. My 13 year old daughter and I, we go to the gym, we're exercising together. We're doing that three to four times a week. And we're having so much fun doing yoga, Pilates, bar and bungee workouts together. And this feels like I'm honoring something that's really important to me. I have said that I want well-being to be foundational and I'm making the well-being foundational. And it's also something where I'm, I'm modeling that for my kids. They're seeing me really uh, making exercise a priority priority in my life and then helping my 13 year old to also build that priority around well-being. And then, of course, the beautiful connection time that we have when we're driving to the gym together or having conversations in between when we're going to the classes, those to me all feel like priceless moments. So, you know, I want to pause here for a second, and this is where you get to reflect. Are there things, commitments, uh, areas that you want to focus on that are important to you? And because of some of the habits you have, whether that's around alcohol, whether that's around 
using procrastinating with social media and scrolling on your phone. These are some of the things. So even you might be hearing this and saying, okay, if I were to do a reboot and have a new relationship with my phone and a new relationship with technology and social media and spent less time on it in order to be able to say no to that and say yes to what truly matters more to you, you know, what might be possible for you. This is a huge one. And this is where I want all of you to really thinking about the, some of the ways that you're numbing because alcohol is definitely a way that we numb. And how I noticed I was using alcohol to numb is I was using it to relax, to have fun, to de-stress, to feel joy, to celebrate milestones, uh, to forget about when it's been a tough day. And also, to be honest, sometimes to fit in, right? I might be going to a networking event with a whole bunch of people that I don't know and brand new and having that glass of wine gives you a little bit of liquid courage. You feel a bit more comfortable or I might be uh, doing something where I'm feeling a little bit nervous of it and having that glass of wine ahead of time. And now instead of doing that, I'm actually noticing when I feel those sensations in my body and feeling the feelings. Okay. I'm noticing sensations. I'm meeting new people and it's feeling a little bit of anxiety. Okay. What's going on here? Oh, I might be feeling like I want to make a really good first impression, or I want to say the right thing. I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Okay. Well, how do I really want to approach networking? Well, actually, I don't want to approach networking that it's about me. It's actually about meeting new people and coming from a place of curiosity and learning more about them in ways that I might be able to help them or connect them with people in my network. So because now I'm feeling the feelings and noticing that my body's getting my attention, I'm not numbing, I have to feel it. And then I get curious around what's the message. If I get attuned to what I'm experiencing in my body, what's the message my body's trying to give me here? Is are there some values that are not in alignment? Am I making a choice that doesn't feel really conscious to me? Am I feeling like I need alcohol to feel pleasure? Am I noticing it's a tough day? And instead of using alcohol, because I've had a hard day or I'm needing to de-stress, maybe I can go for a walk, take my dog for a walk. Maybe I can listen to some music. Um, that's music that really lights me up. That makes me feel grounded and centered. Maybe I can go have a bath, right? So it's just noticing how can I be taking care of myself? body's getting my attention. There's a need that might not be being met right now. How can I self-soothe? How can I support myself? And, you know, even with fun, like now I do these things where I'll be next door, jumping on the trampoline with my kids. I'm having so much fun and I'm playing, but I'm not needing to do that through alcohol. So that's been huge. It's going to take a quick drink here. Another thing that's been really huge for me, I realize is sometimes when I was drinking more alcohol and I might be at a party or at a function, I wouldn't always remember everything around that conversation the next day, uh, because you know, you've had the alcohol and then you forget you, your memory, it impacts your memory and that's not happening anymore. Huge one is I have more energy, focus and clarity. Drinking alcohol like that, even when it's in moderation, it really does impact that. And so now I really get to be able to have more energy and clarity and understanding and um, access to 
my most resourceful self to creative thinking so that even in my business, I feel like I have more clarity around what my vision is, what my mission is, and I can stay consistent with that. And through reading books and through being more aware now, I start to recognize, oh my goodness, it's a multi-billion dollar, it's a trillion dollar industry, uh, alcohol. And I realize now because I can take a step back and I'm now the one observing how prevalent it is in everything. You know, I watch television, I watch movies and what are they showing? Oh, you've had a bad day, have alcohol. The, the, it's the way that the girlfriends are all getting together. We get together through all drinking a whole bunch of alcohol together. I I know for myself, when I was a new mom, you know, social media, everything promoting, having a bad day, like have a glass of wine. What time is it? It's wine o'clock. It's like 12 o'clock. Go have your glass of wine. And Hey, I got to, I, there's nothing that I'm saying around being a new mom is not difficult. Yes, it is. It brings up so many emotions and so much stuff. And this isn't about judgment. It's just about like, is, is alcohol what I really needed for myself in that moment? Or did I actually need to be vulnerable and ask for somebody, ask my husband for some support and say, you know what? I need to get out for a couple of hours as opposed to numbing through alcohol. And I also want to highlight As I talk through this, this is my journey. I'm not here to judge anybody else or tell you what your journey should look like, but more this is about an invitation to be able to take a step back and ask yourself some questions and see, you know, are there some new conscious choices that you might want to be making? Is there an opportunity to perhaps shift your current relationship? Because really when I start to look everywhere, Uh, I realized that there's conditioning and it starts very early around, hey, you need to have fun. You need to party. This is how you celebrate through having alcohol. And so it feels like that whole FOMO, fear of missing out. If you're not doing that, if you're not joining in, you're somehow not having as great a life or as fun a life. And this is where you get to take a step back and ask yourself, well, is that actually true? Where is that story coming from? Is that an outside cultural narrative that has been created in service of a very, very profitable industry? And if you start to really ask yourself what's going to serve you best, maybe that starts to look like different decisions. So overarching, what I can share is that through me, having a different relationship, a different relationship through, with alcohol through me, no longer drinking alcohol, I actually feel a deeper sense of connection to my whole self, which allows me to connect more deeply with those around me and show up more fully for the work that I feel most called to do in the world. So here's an opportunity for you to take a step back You know, what resonates most most with what I've shared today? Is it that you're actually curious around your relationship with alcohol and you might want to start with reading a book and doing a hundred day challenge? So I'm going to have all of this in the show notes, but it's the sober curious reset, change the way you drink in 100 days or less by Ruby Warrington. Maybe that's what you're feeling to call to do through listening to this episode, but maybe it's not about that at all but it's about you taking a step back and recognizing where you might be making some unconscious choices that are not serving you 
and not getting you to where you want to be, who you want to be in the world. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast, you're used to me saying you're a human being, not a human doing. So who are you being? And are there some new choices that you want to make? This might be an invitation to start thinking a little bit differently. As always, thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with others. I really appreciate your reviews on Apple podcasts. Reviews help to get the podcast in front of a wider audience. And if you're interested in learning more about my programs and services, please reach out. I'd love to have a conversation wherever you are in the world. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I'm sending tons of love. Bye-bye. Please remember that meaningful change requires space and grace. Practice self-compassion and become the ripple. As you transform yourself, you transform your workplace and the people around you.